Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hot Body Dawson, bow, bow, bow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? That's uh, another episode of the Cranky's Odyssey. We're looking at the Cranky's book, Fan Dabby Dozy, our amazing true story. We thought we were done with it, maybe, but there's still a few bits that we've discovered that need to be assessed, so we'll do that. This could <laughs> be the last in the series. It could be the penultimate. There could be another three or five or seven or 11. Who knows? I, I um, like it because it's shaping up to be one of the bitterest memo- showbiz memoirs. And yeah. then it's got stiff competition because a lot of memoirs are just a practice in bitterness and sort of score settling, aren't they? Um, yeah, exactly. Not all of them, but a lot of them, and so and they're the ones that well, it's a subgenre, and yeah. uh, it's like I like to think that we're sort of trying to find out what the most bitter one is, but yeah, this this is right up it's there. A, it's an interesting psychological study, isn't it? Let's it is, it. yes, That's kind yeah. of what it is, yeah. Um, so they've been asked to appear on a show called The Entertainers for the BBC, which I remember at the time it was pretty good, and Louis Theroux was one of the producers of it. Um, and they were uh, called up by the director of the show called Harriet, who said, uh, hi, I'm Harriet and I'm lesbian. Does that bother you? Why would that bother us, said Ian? We've been in showbiz most of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, She explained she was told she must tell people her sexual orientation before the interviews. Mm. Um, well, don't know do, do, do you think that's true? true? I don't think that's true. That, that feels completely weird. Um, and um, they were out on their boat and getting filmed and uh, Ian spotted somebody on the water he knew and had a quick chat afterwards Harry had said you seem more at ease with ordinary people than showbiz people in fact you're not very showbizy at all is Jeanette more showbizy when she said that I knew I should have never agreed to filming uh oh <laughs> it was at that moment I realised the whole thing was a catastrophe I was a straight man <laughs> yeah <laughs> It says, uh, again, I was baffled. We've lived in Torquay for years. What was she expecting? The people we see and live with every day suddenly to ask for our autographs? Uh, and then they went down to Great Yarmouth where they were playing the 1,000-seater British Holidays venue at the Seashore Holiday Camp. Harriet had only been in our car for two minutes with her camera when she said, do you not think it's a big come down having to play these awful holiday camps? <laughs> <laughs> Ian, I stamped on the bricks and I pulled over. <laughs> I said, no, look here. Not everyone goes to Tuscany for their holidays like you do at the BBC. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, because it's all coming here. out now. Yeah, yeah. All the resentment that's been building up against the BBC for decades mm. is coming out. 
He says, uh, this is what ordinary working people do on holiday. And I'll tell you, kids will have more fun here than they would on the Riviera. (laughs) (laughs) Harriet then asked, so will all the dads have tattoos and shaved hair? Oh, (laughs) no. Actually, Harriet does sound like a bit of a wanker, but... um, But then again... This is his version of events, though. Harriet doesn't have the right to reply. No, we better be careful. I wouldn't be surprised if they changed the name. They changed yeah. the name. I'm, I'm, um, yeah. But you know, I've done this book, this mental health book, and uh, it's uh, it's just at its legal read. You know, like so, okay. you have like the initial edit, the copy edit, and now it's like the final thing is the legal read, and the le- yeah. and the lawyer comes back with a list of fucking concerns about every single thing that could expose you to possible legal action or expose the publisher <laughs> yeah. more pertinently. Yeah. And and like, fuck me, mate. I mean, I've, most of it's just fucking silly stories I've told about my childhood on this podcast, which I've always, mm. bar the odd sort of threat from, you know, members of the Chiswick Soul Patrol, I've managed to get away with. Uh, but now I've written it all down. And they're like, fucking hell, you can't say that. What if this person sues you? And I'm like, ah, oh, don't worry about that. As a relative, he's not going to sue me, right? <laughs> and they, they, oh, really? I'll be honest, Andy. They do not take my don't worry about that, don't be oh, daft shit. thing as, like, legally binding. And so I am having to make up so many names... Right. And change them at the moment. I'm having to change so many names. It's quite difficult to keep thinking up new pretend names. If, if, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, maybe it's a good idea now to begin downloading hard copies of all of them because yeah. we might have to delete them at some point. Oh, uh, yeah. I suppose they could reasons. say, oh, people can cross-reference your podcast with the book and work out the real names of people. But that's stretching it a bit fucking far. No one's going to do that. No one's going to do that. That's too hard. Come on, don't be silly. It's just a book. No cunt's going to read it anyway. Just I'd a expect. bit of fun. <laughs> That's what I wanted to call the book. Just a bit of fun <laughs> by Sam Delaney. <laughs> Sam's got a mental health. Mental health and that. <laughs> my daughter claimed that it was called. She went, oh, my friend asked me at school what books you'd written. I remembered the names of some of them but I couldn't quite remember the name of the new one you've got coming out. So I just told her it was called something like, I am crazy, or please stop me from being crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Please stop me from being crazy. Please, please, Please. I implore you. Please, please help me. (laughs) Please stop me from being crazy. (laughs) I did say to her, I said, yeah, that actually wouldn't have been a bad title. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I said that don't make no sense I'm hoping this will help other people and she just rolled her eyes at that notion <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well yeah it's from the perspective of the crazy people who'll buy it I guess yeah exactly dear Sam please stop me from being crazy <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the crankies then drove onto the venue without saying another word um, oh god uh, what else is there Mate, what page uh, are we on? Uh, this is page two, three, three. Oh, this right, is where sorry, we were at last week. I know yeah. I told you to go to two, to one nine one, but we'd, we'd forgot that yeah. we hadn't done any more about this this BBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comeback, if you like. Um, funny enough, we ended up getting on well with Harriet. <laughs> she was only doing her job, but we've, uh, in spite of that, we've slagged we've her off. We've chucked her under the bus book. anyway, because fuck yeah. it. 
B- if you're After- BBC, as far as we're concerned, you're fair game. <laughs> we pay for you. Um, after following us about for, for a few weeks, she admitted she wasn't getting the kind of slant she wanted, so she asked if I'd get drunk and she'd film it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this would be Ian, I guess. Yeah, it was. Uh, Ian says, uh, well, I don't mind getting drunk on BBC money. So she filmed me getting pissed in our house in Turkey and I played it up for the cameras, jumping into bed and knowing full well that Harriet was a lesbian. I said, come on, Harriet, get your knickers off and I'll show you a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. He says, of course, they used that bit. Me acting up like an old lech. (laughs) But she seemed pretty happy with that footage in the end. Fucking hell. He says, uh, I didn't have to give her what she wanted, but then she'd have got almost nothing except a bollocking for her boss, so we helped her out. You know, needless to say, we had the last laugh. Um, uh, the, every time we're interviewed, the journalist or presenter is always after a slant like Harriet. There's not an interview that goes by where they don't ask about our, inverted commas, curious relationship. They believe there's something seedy, like all the sleaze that's out now about stars and internet porn. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. When was this book written? 19, no, 2004. Right, okay. The golden age of internet porn. <laughs> uh, yeah. They believe um, Well, that, that we might... had our mad moments, but seedy? I don't think so. Well, <laughs> that very much depends on what you describe as, what you define as seedy, Jeanette. Yeah. Some would say that there's nothing below the surface that we're looking for, just the, taking you at face value. Some people would regard that as CD. I don't, personally. I no. just think it's a fucking good laugh. I mean, there's stuff in this book, apparently, about um, <clears throat> orgies and threesomes and what have you. So people, some people might regard that as CD, but we're not here to judge. Yeah, why is CD? I mean, um, if it's all consenting, it's not CD. Well, it depends where it is. I yeah. suppose if it was in a right old flea-bitten sort of B&B... Um, and you're like yeah. having a is that CD? If, if it's on a bare mattress that's got like old blood and piss and spunk stains yeah. on it, and yeah, that that feels CD. What if that's all you can afford? Why why should the poor be denied? Uh, just go somewhere. B and B Go somewhere else. <clears throat> what the woods? Yeah, the woods. Back to nature. Fair enough. Uh, when we were making the entertainers, it turned out one of Harriet's best friends is the Radio One Breakfast presenter Sarah Cox, who we're both a big fan of, obviously. Oh yeah. S- Sarah heard Harriet was making this documentary on us and was asked me to record a link for some TV show she was doing with me saying, "This is Jeanette." Me saying, "It's fan dabby fucking dozy." <laughs> now I don't like Sarah Cox as she's mentioned us a few times on air, and it's always derogatory oh, calling us the. Cr- <laughs> yeah, go calling on. us. Sarah Cox would be derogatory, but I can't. Ima- I cannot imagine that for a moment. What's she called? I don't called think them? so. Calling us the crinkly crankies or such, and such and such. Sorry, calling us the crinkly crankies or such and such is so ugly. He looks like Jimmy from the Crankies. Oh. Uh, Jeanette continues. She may think I'm ugly, but at least I'm not a foul-mouthed, chinless wonder like she is. Oh my God. Ah, fuck you, calm down. <laughs> you can't be, Don't be Coxie's only mucking about. Yeah. I don't think... Well, you know, again, no right to reply from Sarah Cox. No. Or indeed, uh, any other chinless wonders. Uh, I think Sarah Cox's Harriet got a lovely me, chin. Who has? Sarah Cox. Has she? Yeah, and Jimmy Cranky. I think they've both got lovely chins. <laughs> 
I'm going to have a look at Sarah Cox's chin now. Right there. Do you think if I Google Sarah Cox's chin, it'll be like close-ups of her chin? Oh, yeah, it's a good chin. Yeah, good, good chin. Yeah, nice, nice chin, that. Uh, because Harriet asked me, I said I'd do it, but without the swearing, because I've never sworn on TV <clears throat> in my life. I couldn't believe it. Then I got the short, sharp message back from Sarah Cox that if I wouldn't swear, she wouldn't use me on her show. As if that was some sort of threat or big deal to me. <laughs> this is a, this book is just scores being settled <laughs> left, right and centre. It? It's pow, pow, pow. Yeah. I honestly don't mind anyone taking the mick out of me. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it sounds but, it. <laughs> <laughs> but people like Sarah don't just do that. They're nasty about it. The difference is Terry Wogan would say something like, where are the crankies now? That's all he would say on his Radio 2 show, which has millions of more listeners than Sarah Cox will ever have uh, or could ever dream of having. No. Oh, yeah. my God. I have the stats in front of me. Uh, and two minutes later, later, he read out an email. Oh, this is actually something that happened two minutes later he wrote an email sent by who knows uh, saying actually the Crankies are top of the bill at the Pavilion Theatre in Glasgow and Terry simply added well that's great to hear they are still on the go <laughs> now that's class something else Sarah Cox will never have <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking great <laughs> Oh, so it's, a, it's an amazing random feud, isn't it? Yeah. Based on very little. I mean, very it might little. be the Crankies themselves who sent that email into Terry Wogan. Actually, the Crankies are top of the bill at the pavilion in Glasgow. Yours, the Crankies. Uh, and then on the next page, the page after where she says she's never sworn on TV in her life, a request comes from the Channel 4 Japanese betting show Banzai. A straightforward request. They wanted Wee Jimmy to show off his boobs. So, Banzai was great, wasn't it, Andy? Uh, she I used to love it. Banzai. Yeah. You couldn't do it now, I don't think. What, Banzai? I think it was... Uh, yeah. What, not well, it, some it of the games? All the you... Japanese stereotypes, didn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you maybe you couldn't do that, yeah. They should just um, bring it back, so... but without the racism. Yeah. Um, unless you bring back... It's a knockout without Stuart Hall. I tell you what, mate, I know, you know, Stuart Hall is one of those people that has been written out of history because he turned out to be a wrong one. But I cannot imagine anyone being, and I, I, I know this might be wrong to say, but listen, it's the same, my attitude to that is the same as with Michael Jackson, right? Michael Jackson's music was superb. Stuart mm. Hall's broadcasting at its height, which probably was its yeah. a knockout, was imperial. And I can't imagine who could possibly do it. It's a knockout. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just one of like one of those shows that is so synonymous yeah. with the original presenter. I just don't think anyone would have that kind of get up and go. That's that. <clears throat> no, I think you're right. It, it was Stuart Hall's show. It's like Brucey with certain shows that they tried to bring back, like the Generation Game. Larry Grayson was great, but it's mm. Brucey's show, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess it's not coming back. Health and safety as well. Mm wouldn't happen so she's got this offer to get her boobs out for um, Banzai mm. um, again different times 
Yeah, I suppose part of me was just a little flattered at being offered in the first place. I mean, we Jimmy has had to hide these boobs under a school blazer for nearly 30 years, and it was about time they had an airing. Jimmy may not have a willy, but he's got a nice pair of boobs. Okay, <laughs> <Fucking> now. <laughs> so she fucking did it. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. She fair, did it. Fair play so to her. the page before, she's refusing to swear. Uh, page after, tits she out the tits out. Yeah. Well, um, everyone's got their own code, haven't they? Well, the, the, she says, she goes on, I pull apart my blazer to show off my bra, and my only line was to say, they're 34B, fan dabby dozy. So, um, there we are. The, the, the game was, they had to guess what bra size Jimmy Crank Well, was, so. look, look at what Ian says <clears throat> next. At least now everyone can see why I've been hanging around with a cheeky wee schoolboy for all these years. Fucking you know. Because of those 34 bees. Hey, if you like a bee cop, then you'll know what I mean. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we actually got a good response from that, and The Sun did a feature on my strip over two pages. Uh, our friend at The Sun, <clears throat> Matt, uh, told me they had great fun coming up with headlines that day. They originally had Cranky's Crackers, then See Yours, Jimmy, before finally settling for Fan Booby Dozy. There we go, that's the sun for you. <laughs> fan so, Booby Dozy. Um, like, they really haven't made any effort at all. <laughs> it's like page well, 17 or something, isn't it? Why well, you just got what about Fan Booby Dozy? Yeah, that's a good one. Go on, get out there, then we'll go and have a roll and a pint. <laughs> they got they got corned beef rolls in the boozer today. <laughs> uh, we'll go back to that bit where they were um, they didn't get the invite to the BBC Christmas party, so you immediately okay. rang up Border TV yeah. and created Care TV, which of course is an ITV. Um, the only positive point we took from our departure was that the BBC didn't replace us from someone else, which meant it wasn't us they didn't want, it was just the end of that style of variety entertainment. Once again, we had done nothing wrong. It was the steady roll of political correctness yeah. and modern ideas, etc., etc. Um, <clears throat> I hope I don't come across as being bitter about the whole situation, because I'm honestly not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything must change, he says. Jalapeño. Jalapeño. Jeanette says, after us, the BBC got rid of Russ Abbott, then Little and Large went, and we were all replaced by game shows. It didn't bother me because I'm such an easy-come-easy-go type of person. I wasn't bothered by this <laughs> at all. Neither was Ian. He's just said that in the last paragraph. <laughs> we weren't bothered. We're, we're, I'm surprised we're even including it in this book because we can barely remember it. We hardly noticed. <laughs> uh, we're not bothered, it says, but... Russ Abbott and Little and Large were extremely popular shows the whole family would sit down to watch, so it just seemed daft to get rid of them. They had the ratings that today's Saturday night shows can only dream about. Saturday night, by the way, Strictly Come Dancing's back, mm. as you might be aware of. I don't watch it personally. No, I haven't um, seen it this year yet. But um, after it on Saturday night, Blankety Blank is back. Again? Presented by Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh, they, get, they get him to do everything now, don't they, Bradley Walsh? But Bradley Walsh he's good. is fucking brilliant. Yeah, maybe he could do it. It's a knockout. Yeah, yeah, he probably could. 
Well, he's got that but, same um, uh, Stuart Hall thing where he cannot help but lose his shit and start laughing, yeah. which is a great yeah. thing to have on TV. That's what you need. So, but, it, so is it good then, Blankety Blank? Is it the same rules good. or have they... Yeah, it's exactly the same. But they it's don't have good. a checkbook and pen anymore, right? They do. Do they? they? Do. Yeah. <laughs> um, the guests were good. It was a good lineup. They had... Um, Frank Skinner was on. Yeah. He was in the kind of... But what they've done now, you know, the downstairs middle seat used to be the comedian. Yeah. It's now downstairs left-hand side. Right. So that's where Frank Skinner oh, was. Oh, yeah, because Which that's, that's where the presenter can walk up and have a back exactly. and forth. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're, not, you're not talking across somebody. No. So your comedian... Yeah, I would always have the best person there, yeah. The one yeah. you know is going to um, deliver. I saw somebody on Twitter go, that doesn't make sense. Why is he not in the middle like Kenny Everett used to be? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll just explain why. Um, <laughs> who else was on? Chris Eubank was on. Ah, oh, that's good. great. Um, oh, fuck, who else was on? I've forgotten now. Um, Joey Essex. Oh, yeah. Who was either incredibly thick or incredibly good at appearing to be incredibly thick. Yeah, yeah. Which or is somewhere a, in between. Well, I mean, that's a staple of British entertainment. There's always got to be a couple yeah. of characters who are like that. People yeah. who are brilliant at masquerading at being more stupid than they are. Exactly. So uh, it was really entertaining. And as, as well, it was only 35 minutes long. I think, you know, a lot of these um, shows that get rebooted, they'll stretch them out to an hour mm. and they'll have more waffle with all the guests and everything. But there was none of that. It was just 35 minutes. What were the couple like? What were the couple like? Well, there's two. There's yeah, two couples. and it turns around. Um, Are you still using that? Wait. Is it still all pneumatic? I missed that bit because I was right. flicking over to the snooker. That was the, the best line, bit. But I missed that. I missed that. But I imagine they will do. They're not going to mm. get rid of that, are they? They're not going to um, use jet technology. No. Lure them in from the sky. Mm, no, we oh, don't we want talked that. About, we talked about Blackity Black having having the contestants' kids held hostage, didn't we, recently? <laughs> Do you remember that? No. <laughs> yeah. We've got, We've your, got kids. your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Comply. <laughs> or you know what will happen. Yeah, because we had um, this idea. Me, me and my kids had an idea called Dog or Baby. And it was, yeah. um, I told you that, didn't I? Where it's like, you get to look after a dog and a baby oh, you didn't for tell the me week. That, no. Right, you get to look after a dog and a baby for a week. <laughs> oh, no, it was originally called Dog or Cat, and then we escalated it to Dog right. or Baby. You get to look after a puppy and a kitten for a week, right? And it's, oh, yeah. there's cam- sort of cameras, hidden cameras, just watching you look after them and develop a bond with them both. <laughs> and then yeah. suddenly, unexpectedly, at the end of the week, someone dressed as like a comedy dog catcher with a big hat and a huge net just sucking turns up and goes, dog or cat? And they go, what? And they just go, dog or cat? And you have to decide which one gets taken away to the pound and which one right. you keep. Fucking hell. And that's it. It's just a huge decision that you have to make yeah. out of the blue. You don't know it's coming. And like uh, and then my daughter suggested doing another, like a, a more extreme one called dog or baby. Oof. See which you, whether you wanted to keep the puppy or the baby. That would be better than Banzai, I think, in 2022. Yeah. So, interesting ideas. uh, Yeah. um, Denise Van Outen was on it as well. And um, Ellie Simmons, Paralympian, she's really good. Mm. So, it was, yeah, a really good show. Really good lineup. I'll watch it. I'll watch it again. All I'm thinking about when you say that is I'm thinking, fucking hell, I wonder how much each guest got paid because that is a fucking (laughs) brilliant lineup, right? But between Walsh's fee. And each of those individuals, 
sometimes they do uh, favored nations. I think it's called where it's like it's a it's openly we're playing everyone the same, so there's no negotiation. We have decided yeah. it is a five grand fee, and he says yeah. the agent it's favored nation. There's no negotiation, or would it be separate negotiations because some of the people you've mentioned. I would imagine would command bigger fees than the others on the open market. Mm. But either yeah. way, how many, how many, is it two rows of three? Two rows of three, yeah. So you're talking... Plus Bradley Walsh. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm thinking you might <clears throat> even get like 20 grand for doing that. I don't know. I'm going to find out because I'm fascinated by it. I wouldn't know, but yeah, I think you may be 15, 20 grand. Yeah. Saturday night BBC one, of course. And then yeah. and Walsh is getting paid fucking 50 grand a net, minimum. Oh, got to be. Gotta, well earned. And that's our licence fee, paying well money, that. Fuck it, I mean, I'll, keep I'll, the money. I'll, I'll regularly tune into the chase with Bradley Walsh on it, because it's just always good. Yeah. It's always good entertainment, and he's he's great with people. He's a people person. A people person, not many of them around. Mm. Are we people people? Nah, maybe. So we've got our moments. Depends what mood we're in. That's the same with everyone. Sometimes I'm great with people and sometimes I'm just a miserable cunt. And it, it just depends how I fucking wake up in the morning, to be honest. Depends how much energy I've got. We're all trying our best. Do you know what I mean? I... I used to regularly watch David Letterman's show and it used to be repeated mm. over here on ITV4 or Sky. It would bounce around the schedules. And I'd loved Letterman when he was doing that show. And he would go through, like, phases. And you could tell he would, for weeks on end, he would just be irascible. Mm. And he could just tell he couldn't be fucking arsed yeah, with it. Tired. He might have been suffering from depression Pro- Probably or something tired, like that, you know? yeah, and yeah. maybe depressed. <clears throat> you know, we and, all go through phases like the seasons throughout yeah. the year, throughout the, the week, was, the month, the day. Yeah, there was times when he'd come out and for a couple of weeks he'd be like bouncing and then a, couple, a week later he'd just, you'd, you'd just tell he was just really grumpy. But at yeah. least that's a bit more honest, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, I'm just not, like that. When I, when, I had, fit grin and, when I had to do a daily radio show, same thing. It's like, I don't, I have a lot of respect for these people who've done it for years and years and years, same show. Like I think Steve Wright does his, who we've talked about a lot, I think this week is his final show. I might try and tune oh, in. Right. Because like yeah. we said at the time when we heard he was great, never really listened to it, but nevertheless had an immense fondness for him and his show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, but the people who do it every single day and always have the same sort of vibe, I, I, I'm really quite in awe of that. Because when, I've had to do, when I had to do a show every day for two years, I was like, like I just said, some days I'd come in, I was fucking popping. And it was hard to know what... I still don't know from one day to the next what affects my mood. Like, what gives me energy one day and and just miserable kind of uh, ennui. Is that how you pronounce mm. it? The next. But... Uh, and, and you start to think, well, what are the habits that dictate it? Oh, I got up at this time that day. Or I had that for my breakfast. Or I went for a run. Or I didn't go for a... You know, you look for little things that you think maybe that yeah. affected the way I am. But sometimes there's just no rhyme or reason. But some people are able, ir- irrespective, to just put on that face. And that's what makes them very professional. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, mm. But, yeah, it's interesting to see someone like Letterman, who was 
a real professional and was a huge success, but was happy to just be open about the fact, not not try to disguise the fact that he was having a bad spell. The other thing is, it's fucking knackering. I know it's a bit rich saying that when it's like not a proper job that you do with your body and your hands or all of that. But turning up every night, doing a show like that every single night, interviewing people mm. and having to maintain interest and do your research and keep the energy levels up is fucking exhausting, I bet. Well, but that, yeah, that's the thing, because it, it didn't go out live. He used to record at like half five in the afternoon, but you'd right. be in from <clears throat> half nine, ten in the morning, getting yeah. ready for the show and preparing. Doing the writing. And then, yeah, and then you've got to do a bit of a rehearsal, and then you've got to do, I mean, you did News Thing, which was yeah. two, two three-day-a-week operation. Yeah, yeah. But but on the day itself, on that Friday, you get him quite early and write all morning, yeah. We're not comparing that to... No, we're not not married to them. But I would say that occasionally, like, you know, I looked at that quasi-quarteng thing and I was... And I look at myself doing the interviews and that was always the last part of my week. So I'd be doing the radio all week, then we'd get in on Friday, write the show, record the show, and the final bit of the show was always the interview with the special guest. And I've looked at those clips and now when I look at them, I feel a bit nauseous because I can see in my eyes that I am at my most exhausted there it was invariably right. the most exhausted moment of my week right because it was the yeah. last bit of work I had to do after a very long completely over intense like week which was why it fucking sent me mad in the end because I can see when I'm speaking to these guests very often very interesting guests I can see at times I'm fucking forcing my way through it like literally right. like you know like you're crawling to the finishing line of something yeah because instead of thinking this is great i'm interviewing someone really interesting and this is i'm really excited a lot of the time i was thinking just like one more question and then i can yeah, go home L- literally yeah. thinking like that and that's no and it's a, it's a shame because it's a privilege in many ways to, to do a job like that but sometimes you do find yourself like that don't you which is Long before I committed fully to the Just Rest lifestyle, Andy, which has changed yeah. my life for the better. Absolutely. Here we are. Well, I, <laughs> I never feel like that with this podcast, unless it's one of those ones where we've occasionally, if we're going on holiday, had to do five in a day. Then occasionally on, on the fifth record of the day, <laughs> yeah. I think we both sort of feel, just need to get to half an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. But yeah, but there's no preparation that goes into this hardly at all well it's I nice that you can do this, it from home in your most comfortable I, clothing i mean that means a lot to me but back in the days when when we didn't have text messaging or we didn't have uh, kids and families and mm. all that you would ring up one of your mates and you'd have a natter yeah. on the phone yeah. and it would always be funny you'd just talk shit yeah. for like <laughs> yeah. 45 minutes or something with your mate on the phone yeah and that doesn't happen anymore that's what this is it's oh, just, if, if you just, were me though i i mean as i've admitted before <laughs> I would put more effort sometimes, especially if I was calling a girl. So I had girl mates and I worked out that girls were more yeah. into just phoning up for a chat than boys. And once this yeah. dawned on me that girls would go, oh, I'll give me a phone number. I'll give you a call tonight. And I'd be like, really? All right. Or they'd go, give it, give us a call tonight. And you'd be like, oh, oh, okay. Does that mean we're going out? No, don't be daft. It's just we're mates. So just call up and chat. That's what we do. Oh, oh, You're like a brother to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was always like that. And I would really, and the first few times I started doing this with girl mates, and I even did this with my wife when I, because obviously I knew my wife at school, and I've told her, yeah, the first couple of times I called you, I wrote down, I wrote down a few bullet points, <laughs> cue cards. I did, I did, mate. I'm not even going to lie about it. I fucking because I was like, 
And they were like, call up just for a chat. And I'm like, what? A chat? What are we going to chat about? Fucking hell. I better have some good chat. I don't want her to think I'm really boring. I'm going to write down a few like bullet points for myself. I did that on a date once. Did I you? had a, a postcard with some, some, some questions and that written on. And I got it out and it was a joke. Oh, that's and all right. Yeah, that's, that's, quite, that's quite ballsy. But, um, yeah, I thought it was funny. Um, we'll wrap it up because the, yeah, they're, they're just they're, they're up to do KTV and Border TV. They've just said they had the ratings of today's Saturday night shows can only dream about. And then Jeanette says, but that was then. And you can't worry about it. We're not worried about it. We're yeah. really, really not we bothered. We don't care about anything. We've got a house in Australia, so fuck you. you well, that's a good point, to be fair. And, we got, uh, and we've got a cranky boat. Yeah. Have you got a cranky uh, boat? I don't think so. You can't worry about it because television gets rid of everyone in the end. That's very uh, true. You know, I mean, things have to true. change, things have to move on. And they that do. is the main thing. If you're an entertainer, the thing about the crankies is, I was thinking about this the other day. If you're uh, if you're one of the if you're the crankies when you first come out, the reason that like audiences and TV producers and all the rest of it went nuts to you is because it was fucking really outrageous and surprising because you'd mm. never seen an act like this before where it was a dad and a schoolboy and that was even yeah. before you found out that the fucking that they were husband <laughs> and wife you didn't even need to know that bit. For you yeah. to be quite engaged by this fucking bizarre act, right? <laughs> other, other than he wasn't even a boy. Y- yeah, exactly. Like, but you didn't even need to know that shit, right? Uh, just at face value, I remember thinking, "Fucking hell, this is mad." That kid's mental, and you, and it's volatile yeah. and unpredictable. And I don't know what he's going to do next. And the dad, the poor dad, is like, he's got, he's lost all control. This is compelling to me, right? Yeah. So it's outrageous until it isn't. And in the end, people get used to it. And once people get used yeah. to it, it's no longer entertaining. And you have to find the next thing that surprises audiences. And that is just it, showbiz, isn't it? It became, oh, no, it's the fucking Crankies again exactly. doing that thing. Whereas to begin so, with, you're like, fucking hell, the Crankies are wild. I hope they're on telly. Yeah. And then if you stick around, you get a second wave where people start to go, oh, well, the Crankies great. It'd be great to see them again. And you, they get You know who we were a, really good at reviving acts um, were, was the Big Breakfast. The Big Breakfast were the first to start doing that, to take back the acts that had sort of been written off as a bit cheesy in the 80s. In the Mm. 90s and noughties in particular, they started bringing it back, didn't they? Well, it kind of ties in with what we've been doing in the Loaded episodes because the Loaded stuff kind of brought back a lot of stuff from the the heyday of entertainment that had been kind of disregarded and celebrating them again, i.e. Rod Stewart peeping up from beneath a table with a cheeky grin on his face. Um, yeah. after you're in spunk towers, <laughs> mate. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, you might be listening to this and not be a subscriber to the loaded episodes. So that will mean nothing to you. Um, we'll we'll do a little bit more crackies next week because there's a line on the next page which just says from Ian. Then the big chop came. Political correctness struck, and we were out on our ear. <laughs> so I think that mm, needs to yeah, be explored a little that. bit, don't you? Definitely. Right, we'll do that next time then. Thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye. Even on a budget, 
Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.